0: Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it.
1: Views from the Sofa Presents!
0: Perfect. Hello, and welcome to From the Canvas podcast, or as I like to call it, Dave's Boxing Opinions. Hello, Dave. <laughs> Hello. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing um, doing all right, considering we're in another lockdown. Um, but, you know, you know, there's nothing unusual there, is there? How are things with you?
1: Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, it's a bit of a shame, because the origins of this podcast are in the pub with a couple of pints. Um, that feels like a long way off at the moment, but there we are.
0: I feel like we've got we've probably got more of these on Skype now than we've had face to face in the pub. I think I think the I think you know spoilers for listeners. I think the the intention of this was just an excuse for us to go and have a few more beers on a Thursday <laughs> evening. I'm not sure that's played out quite as we intended, but no. yeah, enjoying doing it, so can't can't complain too much.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's good to to reach out to our four listeners. Um, so that's, that's good. <laughs> Hey,
0: if we can help someone that's isolated, mate. (laughs) Exactly, it's for your mental health, it's for your mental health. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Um, Look, it's been a a strange year, so um, wishing you all the best for 2021. Um, We're going to go to our normal format today of having three uh, parts. The first part is going to be the normal, which is going to be a review of all the boxing that's happened in the last... Well, a few weeks ever since the day, uh, the, the few days after Anti Joshua when we recorded our last bonus episode. Then uh, part two, we're going to discuss why you've got no boxing to look forward to in January uh, and what that means. Um, and then part three, we're going to go back into our, um, our uh, A to Z of Anti Joshua fights, where he is this week fighting Constantin Airish. Um, a fight which I have no recollection of at all. Which, that was very
1: well pronounced. I'm impressed.
0: I mean, it might be.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, if you uh, say
1: it with enough confidence, people will believe you.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, yeah I've, I've gathered that. I mean, a lot of the stuff we say on this podcast is not factual, so I'm just going to say <laughs> it with more confidence now. And I have to say I did really well because I only did one introduction before and I didn't have to. Yeah, that's good. It up. So that is a real that's a real improvement. This is a 2021 coming on strong. It's only gonna go downhill from here though, as you know. So, Dave, as it's um, as it's a podcast called Dave's boxing opinions, I'd best ask your opinions on boxing. Um we had our we had our um our bonus episode where we had a bit of a you know a gush around how wonderful Joshua was against Pulev. Um any more you want to add about that now, having looked back on the fight, watched it a couple more times?
1: Yeah, I did actually watch it. Um, I did actually watch it on New Year's Eve randomly because that's how exciting my New Year's Eve was. I thought I'll just just flick back and have a little look back. Um, I was chuffed. It, well, The thing is, she turned in. She turned in early. And um, such is life now that we've passed 30. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'll just bang this on. Um, I think now that I've watched it a couple of times... I'm still. I still think it was a brilliant performance. I still think it was. Um, it was fantastic to see Joshua back to somewhere near his best, if not, if not like right up um, near his best. The only thing I would say on reflection, having watched it back a little bit more, was um, it's just sort of what we touched on uh, before around like he drifted a bit, didn't he, in the middle rounds, um, sort of rounds four to six, seven, that sort of that sort of time scale. I think in those rounds you know if we're looking forward to 2021 and hopefully a fight against Tyson Fury it's those sorts of things that you'll have to cut out in in, in a Fury fight because um you know Pulev Pulev catches him a couple of times in those rounds but he's not, he's not really under any danger Joshua in those rounds whereas I don't think he'd be able to do that um against Tyson Fury I think he'd be um in big trouble if that was the case so um aside from aside from that it was a very very um Accomplished performance, I thought. Um, a, a lot has been made as well, like since the fight, about um, the fact that he didn't finish Pulev off in the fourth round, like step on the gas after knocking him down in the third. Um, but I think I, I honestly think that is a, a absolute um, result of the Andy Ruiz one fight, where um, I agree. He, yeah, he knocked Ruiz down, didn't he, in round three as well, actually, of that fight and then he's careered in to finish him and got caught with that that shot. And that's what ultimately led to him losing the fight. Um, And I think he was um, fearful of that happening again. Um, Now, whether that is a good thing or not could be questioned, to be fair, because whilst you could say he was reckless against Andy Ruiz, that's what's got him the world titles in the first place. So, you know, it's very difficult to criticized too much um could he have knocked pulev over in the fourth round he probably could have um but i think he probably realized that he wasn't going to lose that fight um and he could afford to take his time he won't do the same thing against tyson fury i mean if he if he has the luxury of actually knocking fury over which would be brilliant i i don't expect him to sit back in that on that occasion
0: yeah I, I i i obviously agree with you i feel like i said so every time you would go on your opening monologue i feel like i just agree with you but yeah um, it's
1: not it's not opinions mate. it's facts percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and that's why we always get our predictions correct um yeah no i, I think I, I i do agree with you i think um i think there's just a, there's there is a there's a happy medium in terms of what we've seen francy joshua where just because you knock someone down doesn't mean running and trying Spark him completely out because you've got the chance of hand, having Andy Ruiz. I think what we don't want to do though is lose the potency of some of Joshua's fights where he is absolutely devastating once he sees a bit, you know, once he's seen a wounded animal. Um, I think the the, the the fight we're going to talk about in part three against Irish is a, is a, is a perfect example where, you know, he gets him and very quickly he's, he's going to finish him off. And, and I really hope that the one time that didn't work for him against Ruiz doesn't change his his way of fighting Mm. but on the flip of that you do that you do that against Tyson Fury and there's no person better to you know cause you some problems but then if you get the luxury of knocking as you say if you get the luxury of having Tyson Fury in trouble you've got to take you've got to take that haven't you I mean that's that seems a way away from me but we shall
1: I I think just with Pulev though I think you know in the fourth round in particular because he 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 knocks him down. He's got him in all sorts of trouble, hasn't he? And the, the, the bell saves him in, the, in round three. But I think I think the only thing you could say about round four is he didn't need to necessarily be reckless and rush in and try and stop Pulev. But could he have just forced the pace a bit more? Um, even if he just boxed quicker um, and you know flicked out several more jabs and and just you know the, forced the pace a bit more in round four, I think he could have possibly got the stoppage. But you know, ultimately, ultimately he gets he gets a brilliant knockout in round nine, and he wins the fight. So it'll say, who cares? Yeah,
0: yeah agree, agree. So, so if we move 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 on from Joshua, cause, I mean, we've already had, I mean, multiple episodes focused on Joshua. We we also had um, Lawrence Ocoley versus uh, Jazuzki on that on that card. Um, I thought. Um, that was probably worth covering, because I don't think we really covered it on the bonus pod at all. Um, obviously, Ercoli, a really, really dominating performance. Did you have any thoughts on that fight? I was I was massively impressed with uh, Ercoli in this fight.
1: I think, um, you know, let, let, let's be honest, um, it was a significant uh, step down in class from what he should have been fighting, because the chap he should have been fighting for the world title. Um, did he test positive for COVID? Was it his yeah. coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So he it's obviously that fight was was called off and this guy was was called in at late notice um, and, and he was you know he was nowhere near as good as the other chap but but having said that um, you can only beat what's in front of you and I thought he was he was really really good I thought he boxed really well on the front foot looked really strong and dominant and um, I, I thought it was I thought it was the best I've seen him definitely I thought it was the best I've seen him
0: yeah um, I, I haven't been I, I've got to say a is one where I'm. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I've never been a massive fan. There's a few of them for me. Like Joyce is another one. As I keep mentioning, um, Connor Ben is a, question, a real questionable one for me. There's a there's a there's a few in there. Luke Campbell. We'll come on to him in a bit. Is another one. Yeah. There's quite a few where I'm just a bit mm, a bit unconvinced on on how far they can go. Um, but I thought, yeah, you're right. Akoli were really decent. Won you quite a bit of money as well. So he you did. know, can't. Can't
1: complain. I find it's like I find a cruiserweight a really weird weight though. I just find it it's it's such a sh- it's such a halfway house, isn't it, between like yeah um, the sort of strong smaller men at like middleweight and light like, heavyweight and the enormous heavyweights. And it's just it's a very odd it's a very odd sort of middle ground, and you're not quite sure whether they should be knocking people out left, right, and centre like the heavyweights do, or boxing sensibly for 12 rounds and I I, I don't know it's just it cruiserweight just to me feels a bit of a weird one I don't know what you think about that
0: I I do too I always I always laugh about the fact that like especially with heavyweight so once once I get into heavyweight or you could argue that I'm already in the heavyweight category (laughs) like I'm never gonna like I'm never gonna go heavier than that am I so it's all good (laughs) Like, so don't worry, about, don't worry about the massive weight gain over the last two years, wife. <laughs> um, st- I was heavyweight. I'm still heavyweight. I like that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is a strange one. I've, yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. The, you've got people on, like, the in the lower weight. So, you know, you've got your Luke Campbells, you've got your Canellos, and you've got your uh, Garcia's that we're going to talk about, who all look like boxers. Yeah. And you've got kind of these kind of, I want to, be cruel but you cut they are there are a, an odd bunch in there because i look at a cole and then look at bellew and i don't think they look the same no you know um one yeah i'm not going to describe why they look different um but like you know in terms of their in terms of, like in terms of height and reach and size and weight and the distribution of weight and the power it's all very different and then you get to heavyweight and it's just a, i mean that's a bit of a, a, be- a buggers muddle as well isn't
1: it well it is yeah and there's there's plenty there's plenty of heavyweights. There's plenty of heavyweights that should be cruiserweight, if not light heavyweight, but they've, <laughs> they've just put on a bit of weight. Um yeah. you know, a Ak- going back to a he um he looks he looks well set to be fair in that division. And um, you know, he's got he's got there's Maris Bradis is the best the best cruiserweight out there, isn't he? And um Akoli's been calling him out. I'm not sure whether he's ready for that. Level of opponent yet. I I feel like um, I feel really sorry for him actually with this uh, world championship falling through because I think it was a real, um, it was a sort of not to the same level, but a bit of a Charles Martin moment for a coach. I was going
0: to say exactly the same as you. I think that's exactly the right comparison. Yeah,
1: it's just sort of like Eddie Hearn again, just sort of grasping the perfect opportunity to just get his guy, not an easy world title, but as world titles go.
0: Yeah, it's it's get a world title and then you're in the conversation about world title fights, aren't you? So yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. As soon as Joshua got that fight against Charles Martin, when he thought fought against um, the guy we saw against in Manchester, whose name escapes me. Every time we have this podcast,
1: Eric Molina.
0: Eric Molina, yes. As soon as we saw, you know, we're talking about a world title fight. You and I are going to watch Eric Molina versus Anthony Joshua for the world title. You know, which is which just adds a bit of prestige. And I think the same with Lawrence Cody. Like, okay, yeah, you. You're probably not the, with the capital letters, world champion, but you are, you are a world champion, so it just yeah. adds siege. and it puts you in the conversation for the for the for the other belts, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, make someone that people want to fight as opposed to a risky fight for people to take. Hmm. It's just uh, yeah, it
1: is a shame because it was again really great promotional work from from Eddie Hearn. To be fair, I feel like we we do like. Love Eddie Hearn a bit much too much yeah. on
0: this podcast, but um, we send this to Eddie Hearn and see if we can get a job with him.
1: But like he just he makes smart moves, doesn't he? Like he makes smart moves, and this was another one. But you know, obviously COVID um, did for it, unfortunately. I mean, ho- you know, hopefully maybe that fight gets made in 2021.
0: Um, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's a fairly safe bet. Love you, Eddie. Right. Okay. So there's <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's been two more fights. Just wanted to cover quickly. Um, first one um, Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Smith Um I thought that was I thought this was a, of all the fights we're probably going to talk about um, a really comprehensive victory um, from Canelo Alvarez I thought he looked really really good in this yeah. and I texted you when we were talking about the fight and said he's not someone that for some reason I've given a lot of time to I think just because I know how in- how ingrained he is in like in like uh, America, he's he never gonna fight you. You know, he's never gonna fight UK time. And for me, that's a big thing because I'm not that keen on saying up till four, or five o'clock in the morning regularly to watch the fights. But maybe I should give him a bit more attention because he did look very, very dominant. He kind of lived up to all the hype and more. I thought. No,
1: I, I totally agree. Um, this was a real shock for me in terms of not necessarily the result because um, I, you know, I definitely thought Alvarez was the favourite, but. I thought Callum Swift was going to give him all sorts of problems in this fight. Um, I I was very happy to say this was like a 50-50 fight for me. Um, Complete complete reverse of that. I mean, it it wasn't a fight. It was a beating. Um, Alvarez was absolutely brilliant in this fight. Um, I I think this is one of Alvarez's best performances. Um, Now, he's, he's had a lot of very good performances, um, but you take you take a good example um, a good example to compare this fight to because let's let's be honest Alvarez is predominantly a middleweight stroke super middleweight maybe but he's he's most of his career he's been sort of at middleweight hasn't he um, his two fights against Golovkin were at middleweight um, a good fight to compare this to is the Kovalev fight because that was against um, that was against the light heavyweight in Sergei Kovalev and. Um that fight was very, very close. And um, actually, Kovalev was up on the cards until late on, where now the got the stoppage. This was not the case. He just absolutely uh, dominated, dominated Callum Smith from from the word go. And to be fair, Callum Smith did well to see the final bell, because I don't know how he managed
0: it. No, great. I agree. We've, um, like, pulling the curtain back a bit, we do have... Um, a boxing WhatsApp group. Well, it's not a boxing. It wasn't a boxing WhatsApp group, but it's become increasingly more so one with the OG Mister Mister Luke. <laughs> and um, I love this. I love this uh, group because sort of as as it gets closer to the fight, and just like you know, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, suddenly someone goes, "Ah, oh, you know what? I kind of I kind of fancy Callum Smith." Or, or "Hey, that's me." That's- <laughs> and like, and then it's all, and then for a second, we all go. Yeah, do you know what? This would be a great fight, I reckon. Uh, I reckon he's really got a chance. And then, and then the inevitable, like you know, this is why all the pundits say one thing yeah. um, comes comes true. But well, I do this, not, is,
1: this is why this is a fan-led podcast, mate, and not <laughs> not
0: <laughs> pundit-led. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, and then the last uh, fight. I just wanted to quickly cover off um was the one uh, from last weekend actually so we're talking Danny Garcia and Luke Campbell I think this one also
1: Ryan Garcia mate even Ryan Garcia. sorry, sorry. What, who's Danny Garcia he is he is also a very good boxer but um, this is Ryan Garcia
0: yeah my apologies Ryan Garcia I um I have to say I um I uh I, I, when I was this was another fight I thought that <laughs> went on the WhatsApp group going do you know what Luke Campbell might do him here uh, <laughs> And do you know what? For about the first few rounds, I thought, well, "Yeah, we might be right here." You know, I guess if we, if you, if you, if you say <laughs> an upset might happen on every fight, um, you know, eventually you're probably going to one's going to come in, and I thought this was the one. Uh, and then Danny or Ryan, whoever it was, um, <laughs> really did a number on him. I thought, um, having been knocked down to the canvas, came up, looked really impressive, and actually mm. Luke Campbell, who was an Olympic gold medalist, yeah, was outclassed.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh... A stock watch is right twice a day, isn't it? Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I think um, this fight was really, uh, this was actually a really good fight, um, first and foremost, on um, on Zone, which has, like, ma- ma- made its move in the UK market now, and you can download the Zone app for £2 a month, which I was like, well, that's a no-brainer just to fight, because I just want to watch this fight. And I'll pay I'll pay two pounds to watch this fight, so that's absolutely fine. Um, but uh, and it was on at eleven PM randomly, wasn't it? Even yep. though it was in the US. So that was like a big nod to the UK market. I was like, well, this is really accessible for me. So um, I was like, I'll watch this and it was it was really good and, and I, I was totally with you. I thought um, I thought this is this is gonna be because I'm 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 very anti like all this Instagram <laughs> crap, mate. I can't stand it and I was, and and all these like boxers and reality celebs like doing their stupid videos in dubai and showing off their flashy cars and their you know whatever and and, and i was very i was very keen to put ryan garcia in that bracket and be like oh he's just a show pony he's, he's not actually any good uh, he's just got loads of followers on online
0: in the Tommy fury uh, you got sorry? The Tommy Fury category.
1: Yeah, exactly, No, exactly, exactly that. And I was like, um, I was so, I was so keen for Campbell just to absolutely obliterate him. And then, uh, and then he drops Garcia in round two, and it's a, it's a heavy knockdown, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. a, it was a heavy. Knock. I, I thought potentially he might not get up, but to his credit, he did. Um And after that, he was sensational, Ryan Garcia. He was absolutely brilliant. The only thing I would say is I don't know why Luke Campbell didn't try and put a bit more pressure on in round two after the knockdown. Um, but having said that, fair play to Garcia, because from, from from that point onwards, he was really, really good. I actually think Luke Campbell boxed pretty well in this fight. Um, I actually gave Luke Campbell round four as well, um, but those were the only two rounds I did give him, rounds two and four. Um, but aside from that, I, I, Garcia was so quick. Um, he was so heavy handed, and the body shot that he drops Campbell with and stops him with was one of the best body shots I've seen. It was absolutely sickening. Like, you could, that was, you know, when we watched um, the Josh Taylor fight last year, and there was like a question mark over whether his opponent sort of faked fates the uh, body yeah, shot yeah, and, they, yeah. and they were saying "Oh, I think um Carl Frampton on BT said oh no he's, he's making way too much of that Christ. well you absolutely could not say that for this one it was it was one of those where he gets hit with the shot and there's like a second delay and they always say that I mean like like we've said many times before we're not boxers I've never taken a body shot but all the boxers say with a body shot there's like a one second delay from like when you get hit to when there's just this crippling pain. And it was exactly that. He gets hit. And then, like, one second later, he just goes, no, no, that's awful. And he just goes straight down. Uh, and it was one of those ones as well. It was so quick. I barely even saw it live. And then, like, on the replay, you see it sink into the liver, and you're like, hmm, that's, that's really grim. Uh, brilliant performance from Garcia. Absolutely catapults him right into the mix for a world title. Um Devin Haney, I think, is probably the guy that it's going to be against. Uh, so, yeah, great. So that'll be brilliant. And the lightweight division, mate, it's awesome. The lightweight division is absolutely awesome. You've got Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Javonta Davis, Tiafimo Lopez. It's a brilliant division. Lomachenko, if he carries on going, you know, brilliant.
0: Yeah. Ah. Yep, I think I think uh, lots to look forward to in that division. I think um, I think my takeaway from the fight on that as well. I, th- I think we've talked about it before. You know, I, I got into boxing when we started to follow all the Olympic, you know, all the Olympic champions from London, um, going through and going in. It gave me gave me some people to kind of invest in and sort of watch come through the ranks. I think what this fight showed to me is just quite how different amateur versus professional boxing is, and actually. From an amateur boxing perspective, it's all about the number of punches. It's about te- technique. With professional boxing, it is there is an element of that, of course, but it's yeah. a lot. There's a lot more around punch power, and I think with Luke Campbell, and, and obviously like and you know lasting a lot longer and throwing a lot heavier punches, all all that stuff. I think Luke Campbell is someone that is technically a brilliant boxer. You don't become an Olympic gold medal and not be a, not be a but. He doesn't seem to have the devastating finish, and I guess there's not many people that that kind of that kind of thought that are that have both. So I think Anthony Joshua was a real standout for me because he he does he's an absolutely devastating professional boxer, and also was an amazing amateur boxer. Yeah. And I guess I guess I've never you know this this fight made me really think about the fact that there that that is two very different skills within the same sort of remit almost.
1: I certainly agree. Like I said, I, I think Luke Campbell boxed really well in this fight. Um, I, I don't think he did an awful lot wrong, but Garcia is just the heavier puncher, and that's, what, that's what's told in the end.
0: Yeah, agree. Cool. All right, mate. Well, we said we we're going to have a quick first part. It's been 20, 20, <laughs> 23 <laughs> minutes now. Um, so all I'll our, our, um, finish up this part um, is saying, you know, thank you for your ringing endorsement. And if you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to follow us on Instagram.
1: Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic. And I want to give a shout out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. And this amazing podcast picks the winners of pay-per-view matches and sees how the uh, the outcomes turn out. I think it's an awesome podcast and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the
0: Wrestling Predict Cast. So Dave, we're back for part two. And normally in part two, uh, we talk about the upcoming fights that are... Um, that we're, we're expecting to look forward to over the next couple of weeks um but then we got the news at the start of january that the BBC, boxing board of boxing the, the british boxing board of control has suspended all fighting all fights until at least february so i thought it was probably sensible just to touch on that for a second um and maybe take a bit more of a serious a serious viewpoint on this because um we, we we talked last time, and I, and I have to say, I, and I know I raised it in the last pod. I, I was absolutely staggered that in the cl- in the climate of the the country and the world as a whole at the moment that Anthony Joshua versus Pulev had fans in. You know, we we're talking about London being in Tier Two, and therefore they were allowed a thousand fans. And I looked at it and thought, bloody hell, there's way more than a thousand fans, all singing "Sweet Caroline," all, um, you know, well, not all, but. Several have had several beers and I just couldn't quite wrap, wrap my head around that in the context of people can't, you know, see the parents or whatever at the time. Yeah. So for me, what the BBBC, BBBC have done is exactly the right decision, in my opinion. I don't know what your what your thoughts are about that.
1: Yeah, well, we um, we were like messaging weren't we, we said like on on message um, when we were watching the Joshua fight that I. Um, we can't, we can't believe how many people are there. I mean, there was absolutely loads of people at first. When you see that fans are back, you think, oh, that's great, um, that they're going to be allowed in. But and and this is no, this is not me taking any sort of um, dig or umbrage with the fans that attended because they were told they were allowed to attend. And and <laughs> if you if, if you're going to go to if you've been told you're allowed to go, then you're going to have a few drinks and you're going to enjoy yourself. You know, whatever. That's there's no issue with that at all. But. It's whether they should have been allowed to go is the issue. Um,
0: yeah, I, I totally agree on that point, by the way, just to be clear. Like, I, I'm with you. I, if, if you get the opportunity, if I got the opportunity to go to that now, I'd make a decision about my own personal health and family well-being, etc., cetera, et cetera. But being told to go, I don't judge anyone that did go. Mm. My question is, should anyone have been allowed to go in? The, like, should anyone have been allowed to go And
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is that we could see that at the time. Um, and it is, it, is, it is a confusing one particularly with hindsight, obviously London went into tier four, Prep maybe like a week later, I think it was yeah, after five. Right. Um, so, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, it now looks crazy. But even at the time we were saying, you know, this, this doesn't, this doesn't feel okay. And, and, and I'm, I'm with you, mate. I, I think, um, you know, boxing, um, boxing is not the be all and end all, you know, people's health is more important. And, and if, if boxing events are going to put people at risk, then, you know, ultimately the, the regulators made the right call, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I agree. And actually and actually it's probably it's probably simpler than that for me. I think there is a, there is definitely a thing around um the number of fans that are going to events and like, you know, you could you could argue that was you know odd but you know if, if if what's coming out from the government is that there's a potential that we're going to have problems with the number of beds in hospitals and stuff then actually putting two people in a situation where they're going to potentially hospitalize each other or there's a chance of that happening and taking a bed from someone that's not choosing to you know put themselves in that risk or you know or, or trying to avoid that risk just seems madness so I, I, I totally agree with the, the decision to be honest with you I really love boxing. I'm really looking forward to when it can come back. I, I really didn't mind, and I quite, to be honest, quite enjoyed at times the behind closed doors Eddie Hearn stuff. And I'd much rather have boxing on with, 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 with behind closed doors than be trying to squeeze in fans for the sake of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and actually, you know, this is a brave decision from them because you've got other sports, for example, the Premier League, that are carrying on. Um, you know, obviously without fans, but you look at the Premier League last week and they had 40 positive cases for players last week, games getting called off left, right and centre, but they're carrying on anyway. And actually, you know, obviously I appreciate the Premier League as a, you know, we're not going to get into it too much, but the Premier League is a bigger product than obviously, uh, boxing is, but, um, it's a brave decision, isn't it? Because ultimately um, that's gonna cost them money, it's going to um, you know, affect boxers' well being, boxers' lives and stuff, but it, it you know, it, it is it is the right call and it is a sensible
0: one. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um I think it's a bit of a no brainer. I just it just worries me. What, what what I really want to avoid happening on this is them Deciding, therefore, they're going to fight out like fight abroad. I, I really don't think that's the point. I was looking at, I was looking at um some N- our mutual new love, which probably will be a, another fan led podcast at some point is NFL. And I was looking at going the Dallas Cowboys this year. The, the American uh, football team have had nearly twenty six thousand fans on average at their home games. During COVID, and what I really, really hope is that they don't go. Okay, well, the UK has stopped doing boxing, or it's going to stop doing boxing for a couple of months, and therefore we'll go to America and do it. That's really not the point of this stage. The really the point of it is just stay at home, boxing will come back again. Get safe.
1: Yeah, you know, and ultimately they've only said, haven't they, for now that that it's going to be called off uh, for January, and, and and in reality, you know, we, we probably won't see much in February either, but. And um, I think they've just they've made the, the correct call in a sense that they're, they're going along with what the government is saying. And they're thinking, well, we need to call it off in the short term, maybe four or six weeks. Hopefully enough people will be vaccinated by then. And then um, we can look to maybe start to bring it back. I'm sure it'll be behind closed doors initially um, and, and then ultimately phase it in, you know, later later in the summer, fingers crossed with, with fans and stuff. But I, th- I think it's um, I think it's good leadership um, and it's the right call
0: yeah well that's a bit more serious of a segment than normal
1: <laughs>
0: anyway mate, right. thank you appreciate it no worries. in a world full of questions who has the best movie bid which movie death is best which disney villain had the best song one podcast answers them all that movie list podcast Podcast full of lists, quizzes, occasional, accidental humour, and filler. So much filler. Like lists, like movies, like podcasts? Download That Movie List Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rated PG-13 for mild peril and occasional nudity. So it's time for part three. And as normal, we go back to the A to Z of Anthony Joshua fights. And this time, he's fighting Constantin Ayrish. Um, I was really, do you see how I really treaded delicately with the pronunciation there? I've got it right twice so far in this pod already, and I'm desperately trying to avoid getting it wrong towards the end. Dave, um, initial thoughts on Constantin Ayrish? Um, well, when you see him in the corner at the start
1: of the fight, you think. Oh, this guy looks looks okay. Like he looks in reasonable shape, um, and he's not like some big lump in the corner, isn't he? You think, oh, he looks okay, and um, I think he comes in. Was it twenty-one wins on his record
0: coming into this fight? I can give you the exact figures. Yep. Yeah. So Go into the it. thirty-two fights, twenty-one wins, seventeen KOs. Um, yeah, so quite quite a good record. I think the worrying thing when we were finding out was a lot of them were in Kazakhstan. Um, and the uh, other thing to mention was that before the bell even sounded, and there's a reason for this, they told us that the last time he was in the UK, he lasted 74 seconds against Ty Fields. Um, do you know Ty Fields, Dave?
1: I haven't got a clue who Ty Fields No, no, go <laughs> on,
0: there, there you go. There's some information for you, carry on.
1: Yeah, so he he looks okay. But then um, they come together, obviously, to take the referee's instructions. And I'm like, oh, okay, Joshua is like a full foot taller than this guy. Like, he looks massive compared to him. Um, And that was like a deciding factor, I think, in the fight when Joshua's like throwing his jab. And he's throwing his jab out straight, and it's landing straight on the chin every single time. I don't think Joshua jabs the body once in this fight. I think he just jabbed exclusively
0: to the head. I don't think Joshua threw a jab that didn't connect with the face. Like, no. it, it, like, and it because Joshua, like a lot of the time, he's using his jabs to measure. Oh, well, a lot of boxers, I mean, most boxers use the jab to measure and kind of line it up. I mean, everything he was throwing just seemed to hit him in the head. It was a bit like, um. Do you remember, like, the like, Rock'em and Sock'em and Robots, the toy, where you used to, like... <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you press a button and the arm shoots out, and you press a button and the other arm shoots out. And I'm doing the action, even though this is an audio podcast, but, like, it was, like, everything hit in the face, hit in the face, hit in the face, hitting the face, hitting the face, head pops off. It was that, was it, it? it? literally
1: was that. And he's, like, got his gloves up and trying to stop it, but the, the jab's just constantly spearing in between the two of them. And... Um, I think I think Joshua throws pretty much exclusively either the jab, or he throws like a sort of left-right combination and then takes a step back, and that just seems to be it seems to be too much for this guy.
0: Now, knowing your notes the way that I know them and how you prep for these podcasts, I would guess that your first word on your notes <laughs> is the word jab. Would I be correct? You are correct. I mean, I'm holding up my notes, which is obviously not
1: great for again an audio podcast. But um, you are right. I've written jab, and then I've written left, right, and out, which is um, you know a little insight into my brain there. Um, yeah, I, I thought um, I thought AJ does he does AJ does jab really well. He he, he does jab well in this fight. Um, but I do I have to say um, I think in um, I think it was round two. I think Irish does hurt him a little bit.
0: Yeah, there's definitely one that gets through.
1: There's there's one. I think it's a right hand. And Joshua Joshua grins. You know when Joshua puts out that little smile, and he did it against um, Klitschko. Actually, he like almost sticks his tongue out. And it's like um it's like when um it's like in poker when poker players have a tell. Like that's Joshua's tell. Like that yeah, you, you've you've, you've, you've caught him. He does it in the Dillian White fight as well. Like Dillian White hurts him and like he he puts his tongue out and like smiles at him and that's a little sort of Yeah, fair enough, you've you've hurt me, but now I'm gonna I'm now going to really hurt you
0: yeah yeah so 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 sort of progressing through the fight then i mean with i don't want to spoil the result for everyone but um i feel like we might have done already uh going through the going through the first round really convincing from joshua i think no like no like it was a clear 10-9 round nothing really coming back from airish the second round sort of starts off with the first sort of minute and a half the same and then um Erish spits out his gum shield and and for me I know we I must have talked about this because I feel like if you listen to these back to back to back, you probably get my exact same conspiracy theories every podcast. But it does make me wonder about the pounds per round. Like, is he getting paid more? Because I think at one minute thirty or whatever it was in the second round, he thought, "I'll have a little break here." And, and well, he, I
1: don't... Gets, he gets he gets caught, doesn't he, on the ropes? Yeah. And and I think you're right. I think he he he, he lobs it out, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: and I don't blame him. I mean, I would be like, I, I would be lying down if I was fighting Anthony Joshua before I got punched. So you know, you can't blame him for that. But it was. It, I always feel like, you know, you can pretty much tell with a gum shield falling out. It's either a genuine accident, like, and that very rarely happens, or someone's playing for time, and that just this just. Reeked of playing for time for me, um, but to be fair to him, he did survive uh, round two and he got through to round three for the first time against anyone's done against Joshua. So fair play to him. The yeah, tactics.
1: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, and like his corner were trying their best, weren't they, to buy as much time as possible. Like uh, when the rounds, when the referees like calling them together for like the start of rounds two and three, that like most of his team are still in the ring, so the referee has to delay like about five and ten seconds. I think they get a right telling off um, for the start of round three by the referee.
0: Yeah. And and, and and rightly so. I mean, I always think with some of the stuff in boxing, some of the stuff the referee does like it, there's no, there's not really that much repercussion from it, is there? You know, no. especially, especially when you fight Anthony joshua If anti Josh, like if you're playing for time, no one's really going to remember that, you know, the corner was a bit difficult, Like, are oh, they going to remember Joshua? Well, spoilers, doing him over. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the finish then. I think there's, there's, there was sort of two parts to the finish, wasn't there? Really, there was the first, the first knockdown. So, Irish um, gets his ear clipped with the left, big right hand. I do have to say, it was there was a there was a big punch on the way down from Joshua, which was probably a bit questionable in this in this against this level of opponent.
1: Well, there's you're absolutely right, and there's this. Um, he, he, he he blatantly hits him like when the guy's on his knee. And it's like quite it's quite a while after he's taken the knee actually, and yes. and there's there's a there's a part of me that's it's, it's you sort of watching that and you're thinking if that is if that's like a high level fight, um Joshua is in a lot of trouble there. You know, the fights have been called fights have been called no contests for for, for things like that before. I, I remember uh, I remember us watching Charlie Edwards oh, defend his awesome. world title. And uh, he, he got absolutely battered um, all fight by that, me- that little Mexican lad. And then he hit, him, he hit him when he was on his knees. And somehow Charlie Edwards managed to cling on to his world title, even though he got absolutely turned over because it was ruled a no contest. And, and you know, that for Joshua there, I suppose, is just um, a bit of inexperience, something to learn from. I mean, there's absolutely zero chance of that referee turning around in a Joshua fight. And going, oh right. yeah, this is a no contest. Like he's, he's not going to do that, um, and he doesn't really hit him hard, does he? Like when he's on his knees, but it's definitely it's definitely something for for Joshua to learn from there, and just a bit of an experience, I
0: think. Yeah, I, I would agree. And then and then, um, so I think you know, Airish got up. Um, he looked pretty ropey from that point on, really. Um, big flurry from Joshua. towel thrown in. Steve Gray, F- to be honest, I didn't think the referee did a great job in this fight because he was, n- the towel was in, you could see the towel, and Joshua threw at least one, maybe two more punches after that, Yeah. which in terms of protecting the fighter wasn't great. Um, a real dirty left from Joshua. When I say dirty, I don't mean in terms of illegal, I mean dirty as in...
1: They're big shots.
0: Big, big shots. shots. Um, but it was a big shot from Joshua after the, after the towel had come in, but then... Isn't that what the referee's there for? To put, you know, to, to jump in at the right time. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really clinical, yeah. Real I don't, clinical
1: yeah you can't you can't be asking boxers to be looking for the towel. I think you know at that point it's all instinctive, isn't it? And you just try and get the guy out of there. It's for the referee there to step in, like you said. And he was a bit slow off the mark, I thought.
0: Yeah, but uh, but again, Dave, like another really clinical finish from Joshua. I have absolutely no recollection of this fight, which is a worry. Um, but I mean. There's still some some re- there's still quite a few fights before we even get into to Dillian White. I'm looking at I'm looking through the list now. Next we've got uh, Backtov Sprot, G- uh, G- Gavin Johnson Cornish. I remember Cornish fight being a really good one. And then yeah. with Dillian White, so you know AJ's making his way through making his way through some opponents. Um, I will say this was this was the first fight. Um, after AJ went into his infamous training session with. Um, Vladimir Klitschko. Did you see anything in this fight that you thought he g- gained from that experience? I think
1: definitely, definitely the jab for sure. I think the control of distance and the jab was has clearly been something that he's picked up from there. Um, and he re- he refers back to that training camp even to this day, doesn't he, Joshua? All the time, yeah, um, you know, in the build up to to his fights. I think I think that was. Um, you know, from from watching AJ and, and watching um, interviews with him and stuff, that was an absolutely critical learning point in his career. That camp.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. He he he, um, he said it's it's all about um, acting like a champion and behaving like a champion, and, and and just elements of that you can see. I think I think he lo- I think, I he, think lo- he I
1: think he he obviously comes away from that camp um, clearly having learned an awful lot uh, boxing wise, but also. Um, he comes away with an enormous amount of respect um, for Vladimir Klitschko and, and probably just um, learnt loads from the way that Klitschko carries himself around his preparation um, and his day-to-day activities leading up to the fight. Um, interestingly, I think the camp was for the Poulet fight, wasn't it? It was for Klitschko versus Poulet, yes. um, who obviously AJ has just fought. We won't won't reveal the results on here, because we don't want to spoil it. Um, But um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I I think critical moment in AJ's career. Um, Clearly takes it into this fight and and tries a few things, and um, what's great is that the fight's coming up that we've got to do. uh, There's a few of those guys that are British mates, so they they must be on Facebook. They must be able to be reached out to, surely. Gary Cornish, give me a ring. Come on. (laughs)
0: I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's listening, mate. I'm sure he's listening. You'll be anytime. Well, you know, it's one of those, and, and, and uh, the, 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 just I wonder. I wonder. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I wonder what would happen if Anthony Joshua ended up fighting Vladimir Klitschko. <laughs> 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 Something for our listeners to look forward to. Anyway, mate, it's been um, it's been a good one. Thank you. I wasn't sure how much content we would have, um, given that we didn't <laughs> that we don't have any boxing in January, but we've had good 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 chat there um just goes uh you know i I won't try and do any end um comments about what you should be doing for the podcast because ben our very handy editor is going to jump in um at the end uh and tell you all and just to say thank you very much to ben for hosting editing producing as normal dave any final thoughts from you
1: no just um stay safe everybody and uh let's look forward to boxing uh in the new year when it's safe to do
0: so Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Cheers, Ed. Bye. Thanks for listening to the From the Canvas podcast, brought to you by the Views from the Sofa Network. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get involved in the conversation? Then find us on social media. Just search for From the Canvas podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.